Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Hello, everyone, and welcome to an extra long episode of <laughs> Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky, and boy, do we have an episode for you. Yeah, I actually don't know if this episode will end up being longer than any of our previous ones, um, because, you know, it's just us. We're just, we're here to yeah. party. But this was us discussing the first 90-minute episode of Glee. Um, you know it. You love it. We're here to discuss season two, episode eighteen, "Born This Way." <laughs> Originally aired April twenty sixth, two thousand eleven. This one does start with a recap. We got prom. Yeah. The bullet points are prom queen Karofsky, Klein, Santitney, and my last note is not the Rocky Horror and not the crazy because I guess yeah they cut to some. Oh, they cut to like. A, a half second of Will and Emma during Touch a Touch. Yeah, a touch and you're me. like, no one wanted to see that again. And then they're right. like, and then they really beat in that Emma's crazy. They they say it's crazy. Yes. No, it's seriously crazy. And you're like, okay, you were doing fine until you really went hard on the on the crazy verbiage. Right. Really. Um, I quickly back up. Let's talk about Santitney, the word you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is there a better term for I that? I mean, they are known as Britanna. Britanna, but you're right. Santitney okay. is the funniest fucking thing you've like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm sure they didn't go with Santitney because it's hard to say. Like, you're basically just talking about tits all the time. And if I you mean, were a 14 year old watching Glee, you weren't looking around to be talking about titties. But I mean. Santitney. Wow, you Come said on. it. You just said it so like fast and so confidently too that I was like, "Hold on." Oh, because I, for some reason, and like I know that Britannia is a thing. Yeah, it's been said on said this podcast so many times. But I feel like maybe I just like got too confident in that I had guessed successfully a handful of other couple yeah. names, like Finchel. Finchel. Um, I mean, you had a fifty-fifty shot or something at any given time. You know, There's only basically two ways you can do it. Right. Santitney, wow. It's beautiful. I, I would apologize, but I'm not sorry. No, don't apologize. It's beautiful. I wish that was what we went with. Like, Britannia right? is fine. Thank you. It reminds me of Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, but, absolutely. But Santitney, wow. All right. So, um, unfortunately, <laughs> the next thing that happens in this episode is we have to hear Will Schuster say the words booty camp. Yeah, that, no, guys. There's, this is just the first of many times where I'm like, don't bring that into this. And so nationals are a few weeks away yep. and they have to buckle down. And I'm like, fucking yes, you do. Where is your set list? They don't have one. They just sang real good last time and they'll sing real good this time. Okay. And they're, trans- they're practicing dance moves to a nonsensical music number. It's not like they're practicing dance moves to a number they're going to do. They're just generally practicing dancing to piano. My big fat fucking problem with this whole thing from the top was, like, your singing was great. Your dancing, though. And it's like, that was the whole point of regionals was to have kick-ass dance numbers. Yeah. And you did it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you featured Mike and Brittany, but, like, That's no one was fine. just parking barking. It worked. It worked. Don't broke it. Don't 
fix it if it's not broken, Will. Exactly. Don't broke it. Don't broke it. Um, like you broke us just now. And then, so we get to this point. I had so Ian, you watched this episode before me, and you texted me something along yes. the lines of three up, three minutes in, and I'm already like way deep into my notes. So I was like, yeah. I was on a knife. I was on a knife's edge. I was like, because I I know this episode, but I don't know it like the back of my hand. It's it's not one that I could remember exactly what was going on. And then Finn clocks Rachel in the nose. Yes. And then I paused and I went, oh no. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is the Jewish nose job episode. Ugh. Like we, we start with that basically. Am, that's, yeah, that is our first act. Yes. So like, Finn clocks Rachel in the nose. Our inciting incident right here. They go to the doctor. She, we go to the doctor She's and, feeling very dramatic, fine, and her doctor comes sure, in expected. and says, your nose is broken, it's a clean break, it's fine, but you've got a deviated septum, do you want to use this sure. as an opportunity to do a little fix? And then he says, a lot of girls, a lot of Jewish girls get it for their 16th birthday. Like, he specifies... I have so many fucking problems with this. I would imagine. I'd love to hear them all. So, and I, I'm going to try to, like, not read my notes verbatim because they probably make no fucking sense. <laughs> but it is not a fucking rite of passage for 16-year-old Jewish girls to get a nose job. Right. Maybe it is in some places. That was going to be my question. but No, like, I mean, I grew up in a predominantly reformed Jewish area. Right. They're, like... A big reason why, like, I never even faced anti-Semitism until I was an adult Mm -hmm. was because I had just been around. There were just so many of us of similar faith Mm -hmm. in the same area. I don't believe I know one girl from high school that got a nose job. Like, that was far from what anybody was talking about. There were no nose job rumors at all. And uh, anecdotally, I I asked Zach, too, like, if he had heard of it, because... Long Island Jews, great. Right? And he he had no no like there wasn't like it wasn't like a known thing it might have happened but not right. enough that he was like oh yeah you hear about the girls that go off and get their nose jobs no right and like we'll get into the quin of it all later because right. like it, it's I I would buy that like maybe like a a, a young woman I, I here's the funny thing now that I'm thinking of it the two teenage girls that I know who got nose jobs mm-hmm. by or before sixteen mm-hmm. were. Goyasha. <laughs> like go. there were two waspy girls at no. fifteen who got nose job. Nose jobs not are not a, a, a Jewish rite of passage. And also like I think it's especially present for me right now because like Judaism has been in the news lately because yeah. you have your Whippy Goldberg incident. Mm-hmm. Um you have like your Holocaust uh Remembrance Day yep. stuff. And it just kind of like shouted to me. Again, like, Paul Regano's, like, words are just sort of tattooed on my brain right now. Like, yeah. the sort of, like, quote, neoliberal, like, right. oh, well, like, we can make jokes about this because, like... We're on the Ryan right Murphy, side. Gay man. We're on the right We're side. We're on the right side. So We're okay in on it. We but, like, no, jokes. like, yeah. this just fully reeks of, like, a dude named Ian Brennan. Yep. Sounds very non-Jewish to me. And Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Sounds very non-Jewish to me. Yes, I am a Jewish boy named Ian. It's a whole thing. <laughs> It just reeks of two 
non-Jewish men making a writing choice. a yeah. Jewish thing, making a choice, and the whole big fat fucking irony of this whole scene mm-hmm. is that they're like, yeah, something like yeah, Quinn's nose, something like her. I know like, something that's like huh. nice and faint and dainty, and I'm like, Diana Agron is the resident Jewish she, she woman. She is a Jew, yeah. She is a Jew. She's, she's... and playing. Playing like a, a, a waspy, like even not evangelical, but very Christian right, yeah. princess. Granted, I'm someone that doesn't really have a problem with like Jews playing non-Jews and vice versa. Right. Like it's there. I don't have a whole lot of problem. I really don't have a problem with non-Jews playing Jews, especially if you talk about context and circumstance. That's a whole other right. podcast. Right. But then he says. If you want to be an actress, maybe you should look and sound like one. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. So the only grain of, like, good we get out of this is um, Rachel's very dramatic line reading of, but Barbara, because obviously. Right. And and Barbara. And her doctor was like, that's a one in a million chance. Sure, it worked for her, but it might not work for you. And hate that. Hate, hate that. that. He really tries to go in the, but it could help your singing. Like, you could have a better belt uh, if you just get a nose job. And it's, like, very gross. Like, that's one thing. It's like, if you were flat out like, yeah, get the deviated septum fixed. Yeah. Like, that might help you. But, like, to make it about the vanity just yeah. really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, and it it was, it's a through line throughout this whole episode, and it's rough. So, this Rachel gets a nose job plot steams us ahead to the, the through line of the episode, I guess. Which is, yes. Rachel comes into Glee Club the next day and kind of announces to them, like, might get a nose job, might fuck around and get a nose job. And it starts a conversation about, like, insecurities and loving yourself or whatever. And it's, right. the crux of it is really a, a Santana rant who yes. goes out and basically does the Santana thing where she says, like, she's like, well, I'm sure, like, oh, it's bullshit to, like... This, like, don't change anything about yourself is is a dumb philosophy. I'm sure Sam's thought about uh, getting mouth, mouth reduction, reduction surgery. Artie's thought about cutting off his legs, which is, like, a woof in its own. And then she yeah, runs right past howl. it to then finish strong with, and I'm sure Tina's thought about getting eye dislanting, which... Nope. Hard nope. Credit? Uh, half a credit, which, cause, because a the credit. response to this is Tina saying... That's, That's racist, racist, which I think is the first time maybe ever that something someone has said something racist and the response was, hey, that That's was racist. racist. So I was like, yeah, OK. But then it like goes on to be like Mike being like, but Tina, if you if you love how your eyes look, why are you wearing blue contacts? Um, and then it was like she's like, well, but beauty like it's, a, it's another thing, you know, sure. Asian people aren't There's seen a... as mainstream sex symbols. She's just trying to keep up with the times. <laughs> there, There is a touch of nuance in this discussion. And I will say also, the fact is that this this rant is coming from Santana, who obviously would do it anyway because she is like a cold, hard bitch who speaks the truth. But also, canonically, Santana has had a boob job, which means she's someone yes. who presumably had something about herself she didn't like and chose to change it. Um so it makes right. sense, even in character, that this would be something that she would be pretty vocally like. No, if there's something Absolutely. about yourself you don't like, 
f- fuck it do it do whatever you like and, so and she's not entirely wrong either like yeah. this was kind of around the time when we were just starting to say that kind of thing like yeah. societally but i love how finn was like well my dancing kind of bothers me that's my insecurity and then santana goes on to talk about his weird puffy nipples yeah his pyramid and nipples. then uh sam starts to like go in right he's and, wearing like, like a plaid peel back his sweatshirt to be like what is going on there well, you see these puffy so nipples. funny to me yeah right it's yeah. all very harsh and there's some obvious like whoa maybe a bit too far but absolutely but according to will the thing that makes you the thing that you most want to change about yourself is the most interesting thing about you counterpoint of course it from mercedes is yeah but here in this high school Mm -hmm. and in most high schools i find that thing that sets you apart is what gets you teased both are right in their own way i i was watching that and all i could think of was the john mulaney quote about middle schoolers who can pinpoint the one thing about you like (laughs) you got feminine hips no that's the thing i'm sensitive sensitive about about that that is like this whole yes. episode. That yes, yes, someone you're is right. going to pick up the thing you're most insecure about it and use it as ammunition. So, and that's fucking mm-hmm. hard. Like, Will, you're an adult. You've been you're separated from the horrors of high school, where literally, if you can do something to avoid getting picked on, you'll probably t- do it. So we cut to Emma's office. Yeah, um, they're cleaning grapes again. Will and uh, Emma. Yeah, Will is really trying to get Emma to like open up about what they're calling straight up OCD now. I don't know if they've, they've been right. sort of dancing around it. Um, he's like, no, we need to talk about this now. I'm happy to help you polish your grapes, but you do need to work on yourself. And right. Emma's very resistant. Yeah, she says, I prefer neat oh. freak or clean bug. Will oh. is trying to rope her into this whole thing of like, no, like, encourage these students, like, to not change who they are. Rachel doesn't uh-huh. want, like, Rachel yeah. shouldn't be getting a news job. I, I, what was wild to me that he said was, um, I don't just want to be known for, like, Spanish and Glee Club. I want to be known for helping my students love who they are. And that uh, felt weird to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, Will, Will basically did zero things in this episode that I liked. Will is by right. far my, if I'm going to give it a low point, it's most of what Will does in this episode. I, 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 I agree. He's really pushing Emma on this OCD thing, even though she's clearly uncomfortable. She says, her, her phrasing of, I prefer the phrase neat fleek, neat freak or cleany bug, because OCD sounds too clinical and serious, which I'm like, I don't <sighs> love, don't love any of this conversation. It was just so weird for him to be like, you really need to deal with your issues. Like, yeah. Ugh, gross. That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Will is just being, he's really pressing this. And then in the sloppiest transition ever, Emma's like, it's fine. Like being a little particular about things. I was just, this is just how I am. I was just born this way. And so therefore. And then a little, a little light bulb goes off on Will's head. Oh God. He gets that goddamn look. And he says, perhaps my least, not my least favorite line. There was some, there was some bad ones, but he does say. I'm going to use their two favorite teachers to teach them a lesson this week. Me, okay, and Lady Gaga. <laughs> Gaga. 
Like, Ooh, Will, okay, first of okay. all, calm down. I mean, you're the only teacher here, so by default, you're the yeah, favorite. Yeah, that's, yeah. You're the favorite because we have no proof of any other teacher here. And Lady Gaga last Save time. Save Holly Holiday. Last time Lady Gaga was featured, it did involve several kids getting beat up, so I don't know how they're feeling about that. Right, and speaking of beat up, mm-hmm. we cut to Santana and her internal monologue of I should be prom queen. Sure. Um, I thought it was really funny that they used just clearly the uh promo photos yes. from like glee season one oh my god for, for the Quinn's... prom king and queen poster yeah i yeah. i noticed it was bad and i couldn't figure out why and that is absolutely why because it's the same p- portraits you see on the box dvd set of glee season one yeah that's why it looks yeah. so unnatural Every... and weird because it's just their like network promotional it's that's truly so fucking exactly funny. oh my god Thank right? you for solving that mystery to me and the answer of it being even funnier than I could have imagined. I'm so happy for you that I could do this. Um, yeah, Santana wants to be prom queen specifically. Okay, I don't really understand. I can't follow Santana's full line of reasoning here. She's like, I will be prom you- queen. Okay. So I can get back with Brittany because I'll have a lot of clout as prom queen. And also maybe I could trick Brittany into thinking that she has to date me because I'm prom queen and I will use Karofsky to do it. That's her plan. Yes. That's the plan because she sees Karofsky essentially check out Sam's butt. Which first of all, no offense to Cordover Street, that was not an ass worth checking out. Right. Like I say this as a man with a famous badonk, Yes. like you could have kept you walking. Chose dude. better butts, Glee. Yeah. If if that's yeah. the one you're gonna get at, like Santana's gonna figure. If you need a butt, <laughs> you should have gotten a, a butt, butt double. You could have been butt doubling all these butt years. Butt double, butt double 2011. Yeah. Um. So Santana. <laughs> Santana essentially sees this and goes, "Okay, clearly Karofsky's gay. Mm-hmm. I have a plan." Yes. There was a lot of things that happened in this episode that I was like. Mm. For plot only. Doesn't make sense. You're just... For plot only. For plot only. Like, the next scene where we're at the coffee shop, and for some reason... With Clayne Santana, Mercedes... And Tina. So... And Tina! Because I was like, oh, Santana's here with these friends who... They're not really... Okay. Oh, I see. You're here for plot purposes. Welcome to the plot. Literally. Because... And they have to... (laughs) They have to drop their other plot that they're going to fit into this entire episode, which is Kurt mentioning that he misses being at McKinley. He says it right. three times throughout this which, episode because, well, we'll get to it, but... Because we need because we need that time to be filled. And right, as it's, we'll see, and it's never been mentioned before, so they have to keep mentioning it now. And it's a problem that will get solved very quickly. So Santana, uncharacteristically hanging out with this crew... Um, Okay. Just so happens to be there at the perfect conversation to hear that Karofsky is what's keeping Kurt from coming back to McKinley. And so therefore because... she sees how she can become prom queen and boost their chance at nationals because yes. she can be uh, Karofsky's beard essentially, or they yes. can be each other's beards. And mm-hmm. and this can... like, well, yeah. like, I mean, this, this gets brought up later in the episode, I think, but I got... Um, Mm -hmm. Then they can start an anti-bullying club. Yep. Make Kurt feel comfortable coming back, and then they can just fully win at at nationals. Fine. I don't understand. And she's like, explains it, but doesn't explain it. What getting Kurt back into the school 
has to do with her getting prom queen votes. Um, I think like, it was because she knew that she didn't have, quote, the jock block. Um, yeah, but she putting said. Kurt back in the hall will do nothing. Is it just well, I think that it's because vote for Karofsky? I think, yeah, I think it's because if she can date Karofsky and, like, rehabilitate him and yeah. prove it by, like, having Kurt come back and enjoying himself there, she can show that she's, like, a woman of the people and she's, like, the great sure. unifier and people will vote for her because she's not the bitch that everyone thinks, right. that she admittedly herself is. It was just very flimsy. Because at one point yes. they do say, she, like, Karofsky says, oh, she thought she could get you to come back and that would get her prom queen. Which I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, people right. aren't clamoring for, like, the general populace of the school hasn't been clamoring for Kurt to return. Right. Um, There's a lot of things where they just, ha- things happen in this episode and you're like, okay, well, I guess that's sure. how that's gonna go. Fine, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's this episode. Um, um, she, figuring out this plan, she does exit the scene by saying uh i got a gay oh go i gotta go that was funny um which is funny good naya rivera was doing a lot of good work in this yes. episode she did what she needed to do here yep then we cut to our word of the day on the whiteboard today is acceptance 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 reflections yes um so the assignment is we are going to sing songs about accepting ourselves, the best and the worst parts. But this is mm-hmm. all going to culminate in a Gaga number, Born This Way. Um, yes, because she is the queen of self-love. Sure. Which she very much might be, but it also definitely reads as a masturbation joke. I'm sorry, someone had to say it. Yeah, you're not wrong. That is <laughs> Low absolutely hanging a fruit. thing. Yup. I know. But... Um, <laughs> and so... To call back to the Rocky Horror episode, mm-hmm. Emma is once again costume designer. Yeah, sure. Her dream, as it were. Um, and the whole premise here is they are going to let her press their insecurities in big old yeah. font onto white t-shirts. Yep. And her example is she opens up her cardigan or whatever, and she's wearing a shirt that just says Ginger. Because yes. that's what's plagued her her entire life. And so she is claiming her gingerhood in front of you all today. Okay. Yes. Do you remember, this was really the time when ginger jokes were like the peak comedy. Absolutely. Yeah, like, this, this was, was the whole time. Because of the, this, this dated. was all because of South Park, right? Exactly. Haha, ha, South Park joke. Yeah, Gingers LOL. have no souls. Yeah. Welcome to yeah, and like kids. Will was thinking this was going to be a big moment where she, like, where she chooses to talk about her own mental health in front of a group of 16-year-olds. I don't know what you expected, Will. Uh, Yeah, not not it. And asking those same 16-year-olds to literally, like, I get what, I get the, I get the message. I get the lesson. But think about this practically where you're like, hey, wear a very noticeable shirt with literally the worst thing about you on it literally no like no no one's gonna feel good about that that doesn't feel good it does not it feels it has the vibe of and i know this is the total opposite of what he's trying to do but it has the vibe of like and i don't know disclaimer i don't know if this is a thing that really happens but you hear like tropey anecdotes about sororities that they haze people by like pointing out like the worst 
parts yeah. of a girl's like appearance. They're like, here's yes. all the things that's wrong with you. We're a sorority and we're hazing you by this. Right, and that's, that's... kind of what it feels like. Wear a shirt about the thing you hate the most about yourselves to get into this frat. That is absolutely the energy. I mean, yeah. like, not, I mean, like, it's not, but, like, it kind of is. It's not, um, but that's what it makes me feel like. That's what it makes me feel like. And I'm thinking about, like, okay, what were my insecurities when I was 16? They, I mean, like, not that they weren't about how I looked, but I was so much wor- more worried about having friends, period. Yeah. Like, I, my insecurities were so much more, like, social than yes. anything. Yeah. And that is something that they talk about time and time again here that I don't think fits on a shirt. No, I don't think I could list all the things I was insecure about at 16, 17 on one single shirt. Right. The, it would be a clothing the, the line. The face would be too small. Exactly. Um, you'd have to do a series of shirts. Yeah, and um, no one wants that. Not, I mean, I don't mean you personally, but one would. No, one would. Because that's what it's like to be a high schooler, Will. Exactly. You're too far removed here. <laughs> You're 30. But Lauren wants to be prom queen now, apparently. This was me being like, yeah, everyone. It's Oprah. You get sure. a plot. You get a plot. <laughs> Everybody gets a plot. That's legitimately what this is. Holy shit. She wants to be prom queen. She okay. wants to be prom queen. And we find out, like, she won Miss Tiara Toddler three years in a row. But then yep. she had a thyroid issue kick in, plus a love for chips. And now she yeah. is the the size she is today. Right. Enter Quinn, the quote size size two queen teenage dream. Yep, lovely rhyme. It's amazing to me. Yeah, lovely rhyme. Um, and so the solution is Puck and Lauren are gonna run for prom king and queen prom so that they queen. can change what that means. Yes. Um, remember toddlers and tiaras. This is another yeah. like flash cut joke that really dated where we were. I was like, oh, that was a time when we still thought it was kind of like fascinating to watch these baby pageants instead of just like like, kind of objectively horrible yeah right was this the age of honey boo boo already was that yeah probably okay Uh, if it's not already happening it's around the corner it's on the precipice yeah um anyway quinn goes to the doctor's office with rachel they're suddenly friends again um i don't even know like it's barely friends i guess they don't make an effort for them to be like super buddy buddy this, but it does. It's sure. like a business arrangement because that's, yeah, that's apparently a good way putting it. Rachel has been like, "Look, you got a good nose, and I want to borrow it as a reference image, and you need to come with me for that." I guess, which I think is a little wild. Yeah, like, she could have just taken a photo. But um, this is where I remembered that Diana Agron was Jewish, and I was like, "This scene is weirder." So fucking now. ironic. The biggest irony. Yeah. Um, so then, I mean, like, there's even a point where Quinn, like, spells out her privilege about, like, how yep. how satisfied she is with herself. And we cut to this. I didn't even know what the uh, song was until they got to the chorus, but it's a mashup of, I guess it's called Unpretty. Unpretty. And, and I, I Feel, feel pretty, pretty from West yeah. Side Story. So and... this takes place partially, like, this is a montage mashup that takes place partially over in the doctor's office with and partially like in glee club right. and it's it's partly diegetic is, yeah yeah pretty unpretty is kind of what it's called and this is this is pretty consistently one of the highest ranked performances slash songs for glee both because of its like arrangement like it's, it's they sound very good and also because of like its context it's 
its message, as it were, within the episode. I think I have to agree with that, actually, because I actually really yeah. like the song. I thought yeah, they both really sounded good. great. It's actually a bang-up mashup. Like, yes. Excellent. Um, I also wrote, shout-out to the diverse violin section, because they had, like, one of every color yeah. in there, so that's great. And uh, you're right, the context is there in that you can see that yeah. Quinn is still somehow unhappy and it's very this right. very much serves a dramatic purpose in a good way it's it's been a while since an a glee number felt so earned i would say yes that That's they really um, they really felt like they earned this moment of them like because they had just had this sort of vulnerable moment talking about how much your appearance can what your appearance can do for you practically in the world of Quinn right. being like i'm a pretty 17 year old like People are generally always just nice to me. Right. Like, Things are good for Quinn. Yeah. If you're curious, the song Unpretty is by TLC uh, originally. Yes. Yeah. And so people really like this performance and I think it's very, it's earned. I hadn't figured out the wording I wanted to use, but it does feel like a number that Glee, they went for like an emotional gut punch with this one and I think they landed it pretty well. I agree. Absolutely. Which good for them. Good for them. Um, the only thing about this number this is because this is a pretty serious number, right? Like yes, yeah. Um, there is a shot of Rachel sitting at her vanity, and she's just hanging up on her mirror magazine clip out, like like it, like inspo photos, right? Like as girls mm-hmm. do, you cut out clips from a magazine, you hang them on your mirror to be like, this is what I want. But sure. for Rachel, it is just like a spread of different noses. Yeah. Not like the whole yeah. face. She's just hanging up clip outs of just, just like right here. large noses. <laughs> so it's just, they're all like the size of her hand, basically. And she's yeah. just covering her mirror with different close up pictures of noses. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you lost me for a second, Glee, because that's fucking funny, even though you probably didn't mean for it to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Um, But then we cut to Lauren on a poster. Yep. It's kind of working. The plan's kind of working because they we see these three women, three young yeah. women who I wouldn't say they're like overweight or anything, but they're they're, they're not the size two. Quote unquote plus size. Sure. I would say. Sure. If you want it that's the verbiage that Glee would use. Right. I don't think it's true. Also, they're inexplicably all dressed the same. They're clearly right. like not related. They're three just friends, but they are all wearing matching outfits and a and this happens twice, so it's a thing they do. And I think that's why it stood out to me in a bad way, because I'm like, something's off with this. And it's like, oh, it's because they don't go to a private school that has uniforms. No, it's just these, they're like, well, it, at first it kind of reads like, uh-oh, the costume department forgot they were going to have uh, plus-size extras today, and they only have one version, they only have one costume. So <laughs> they, they, they just only have the Tracy Turnblad. Yeah, it is very Tracy Turnblad. Yeah. They don't um, explain it, and there's no, like, I just don't know why they're, like, the three fat girls have to be this weird matching outfit cult, and <laughs> it. I don't know why they did it. It was a choice that made no sense, and there's no payout right. for it, but go off, I guess. Yeah, and it does bring up this whole, like, this kind of interesting battle that I almost wish they... I don't know if I wish they did more of it or if I just wish like they had sort of dedicated one episode where they did a great job yes. with it between Lauren, who is, quote, like the person they see themselves in right. and Quinn, the person who they want to be. Right. 
the aspirational versus the reality one could say right which i think um i think like that's an interesting idea that's a really cool premise maybe put like i don't know i don't know why this pairing came to mind like a young rebel wilson and a young anne hathaway in a like a movie about it and like just do a good job with that this Um, you've kind of hit the nail on the head of some of the things i didn't like about this episode which is that it both had too many plots like they tried to like stuff too many big plots into this episode even though it was longer so they had more time but then also this episode was full of so much weird filler that didn't need to be there so i'm like how could you fuck it up on both accounts by both making it too complicated plot wise and wasting my time in a lot of parts of it because a couple of these plots had legs but they couldn't get purchased because there was too much other shit happening and a lot of it didn't need to happen. Right. And meanwhile, you had 90 minutes to fill. 90 minutes. Like, come on. And you do a flash mob. And you do a... Okay, we'll get to the flash mob. We'll get to it, but we'll get foreshadowing. To the flash, foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. Um, it's a flash mob. So now there's a, a little feud between Quinn and yeah. Lauren. Quinn has just become like a total bitch in this prom queen thing. Which, like, right after she's sang that beautiful song with Rachel about insecurities, now she's back right. to being, like, you think you're going to be prom queen, Fatty. Like, good luck. They're just doing it to laugh at you and you'll be a laughing stock. And I'm like, wow, right. way harsh. And we kind of get to the whole why. Why of it all. Yeah. Like, and we'll get to that. But um, in the meanwhile, it it's just, just like, okay, what so is your, what's your deal yeah. today, Quinn? Cut to Santana and Karofsky, where Santana mentions this plan um, yeah santana is doing some casual blackmailing here i do want to say it you're right it's very and it's very i don't even know what the word is where she flat out reads him as like okay you're like you could be closeted your whole life but like you'll do the like you'll get drunk to have relations with your wife you'll have a whole family and you'll go yeah. into politics or something and then essentially get caught uh fucking a staffer in the bathroom yeah understandably a male staffer um, right but in the meanwhile, I want to help you out. We can be each other's beards. Either you say yes or I out you. The only straight I am is a straight up bitch. That little piece of a line, funny. Could yeah. have used it literally anywhere else. But no, we had to be right. here. We don't. We don't um, stand uh, outing people against their will. We don't no. like blackmail. Um, Zero and for two. I'm con- and I'm confused about the implication that jicama is a lesbian vegetable. But I, you know. Cause she's like lesbians right in right do you love jicama she's like i'm not ready to start eating jicama and get a flat top yet the two signs of lesbianism i guess um lol <laughs> ally ryan murphy right and she said that they can be beards like the roosevelts sure this next scene is really your run-of-the-mill like quinn and finn talking at the locker about like Finn being like, why are you being such, like, why are you trying to convince Rachel to get a nose job? It's, like, very much what you expect. Finn's not in favor of making Rachel change who she is. Quinn is like, it's her business. Why are we fighting about this? The only thing notable about it is Glee was doing some camera work this episode. Yes. So they love having conversations by the locker, but instead of your, like, typical shot reverse shot of, like, here's Quinn, here's Finn, they, like, built this set. Where it's just a facade of lockers, basically. And yep. so you start in the in the dark, basically, and then Finn and Quinn open their lockers, and it's like you're standing behind them. And I they're having this that. whole conversation 
other students are coming and going. This shot was notable enough that even Zach was like, hey, that's a really cool camera shot. That's so, really cool. I'm surprised they did, they haven't done that more. No, it was it, they were having some fun with cameras this episode. And I love yeah. to see it. And I'm sure, like, if you're really like a film student and really wanted to get into like symbolism or whatever, you could probably yeah. like find some sort of analysis yeah. therein. I'm not going to, but Quinn it's and a Finn really cool are separated. Function. They're they're separated by the right. rocker. They're 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 each their own separate square. They're not seeing eye to eye. Whatever. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Um, the downside of this very cool shot is I don't really remember what they talked about in the scene. So I mean, you it must I mean, based not have been on, important. Based on what you said, that like I remember that really being it. The only note I really had about this, aside from that, was we're fighting about Rachel again. But I'm yes. your girlfriend. Right. I thought and that would have some more payoff. It not doesn't, really. but it's Glee. So um, yeah, we cut to this Finn number where he's no, dancing with just, Mike Chang. It just starts happening. Um, it just starts happening. No warning. Is, they are doing a number. It's Finn and Mike Chang doing um, I Gotta Be Me by Sammy Davis Jr., which kind of explains why it has big... Uh, that's why the lady is a tramp energy. Yep. Um, the band kind of knows how to do this one way. They kept very true to the original sound. Um, yeah. What's fun about this is you have your can sing but no dance, your dance but no sing. Classic yes. pairing. Um, that was very fun. It was. Like, this that's number a pairing we don't fun. see very yeah, often. It, this was a charming number. It was fun. Yeah. Finn sounds great here. Yeah, he really does. Um, the the <laughs> drummer has a great striped sweater. Um, Mike Chang is fully in his Jason Mraz era. He's like, fully in his Jason Mraz era. Like, leave it to Mike Chang to pull off a fedora. Of course, and, he, and a vest. He's got, and like, he went, he went in on the look. He... Exactly. He he committed to the 2012, yeah. like, alt-nice-guy thing. This was really fun. I wish there had been, like, maybe a, like a little bit of dialogue about it where they were like, I don't know, I guess they don't need to explain it. But I would have liked right. to hear them being like, we decided because our insecurities are the opposite of each other that um, yeah. we pair up and do a number. And it might have been fun for them to have... Like, yeah, just switched to talk a about that bit. a little. Yeah. I've been like, and here's Finn trying to dance, and here's Mike trying to sing. Or like if Mike took a verse on the right. song while yeah. Finn was trying to dance. Like, you could have, I think you could have done some fun yeah. creative stuff with that. Um, but this is like the first time you're suddenly you're like, oh, they're just kind of popping musical numbers in without talking yeah. about them starting or ending. They're just here. Yep. So, let's, uh, <laughs> let's. I, I have things to say about this next part. So let's, let's just dive in as as Rachel it were. walks in and is like nose job time. Literally, like and passes out photos of what she essentially I think like what she would look like with Quinn's nose. Yeah. And less Hebraic, more Hebraic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the thing. We'll, we'll 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 dive into more of that in a second, but yeah, pin in that. Rachel, like Tina, basically rebuffs her, being like, "You shouldn't do it. Like, you should just accept right. like and love yourself." And she shoots back, like, "Oh yeah, weren't you just talking about how you hate having brown eyes and we're wearing blue contacts?" And Tina says, "Actually, I've decided that I should be true to myself. Um, it's up to me to be my own role. If I can't find the like." Asian sex symbols I'm looking for in popular culture. It's up to be to be my, be my own Asian sex symbol. I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. And 
Rachel literally responds to the end of that with like, okay, well, ignoring, like, she's like, I guess, moving on from Tina's abrupt personal growth. Like, she says it. This is Glee lampshading the fact that they gave Tina a whole plot off screen. Um, yes and, and i literally wrote is this the justice for tina we deserve i don't think so no it's like it's literally like i was talking to a friend of the show rascal about it and she was like you know if that was a line on community a show that understands it's like meta-ness yeah it could have landed of being like oh well isn't it funny that we took a whole character's plot off screen right ha 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 but glee hasn't earned that and exactly to go on another mini rant here, like... Please. So, Jenna Ushkowitz and therefore Tina Cohen Chang are um, at least part Korean, right? That is, like, yes. that's at least what Jenna Ushkowitz is. And, you know, the thing is, in Korea and a lot of East Asian countries, plastic surgery is actually a really huge thing in their, like, it's a big deal. A lot of people get it. A lot of people are pressured to get it. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, societal pressure to really fit into beauty standards. And it could very well be that this is something that Tina could have struggled with. And yeah. it could have been... They could have done a really cool, interesting parallel plot between Rachel with her, like... Her, her Jewish nose. And uh-huh. Tina and her, like... Like, Tina and her, like, soci- like culture of plastic surgery and Asian perfection. And they could have right. done more time on a really interesting parallel plot line for the two of them, talking about how societal pressure makes them, maybe they should change, maybe they shouldn't, I don't know. There's just, there was a lot of potential there, and Glee hinted at it for maybe a second, and then just threw it on away. So no justice for Tina, it's bullshit. No justice for Tina, you are 100% correct about all of that. Um, I do think that would have been an amazing... Yeah parallel plot the whole prom queen thing could have been a whole other episode yes. too much or like this. the b or a very well done b plot yes. and get rid of the kurt returning yes i think frankly kurt Re- that you gave all of five minutes to. i think kurt returning deserved its own episode i think they could have set up the building yes. blocks for it in this episode and had him actually return late like tomorrow he'll come back the next day right I, <laughs> right I think he could. I think that could have been like a season Shoe, two finale. Shoehorning in Kurt um, returning in the middle of this episode felt like it just dragged the momentum down entirely. Agreed. Yeah, that's it. Um, also, hate that Puck makes the whole like, yeah, like <sighs> they come like they come back to Temple and then I'm no, they're no longer stabbing me in the eye with their nose and we're making out and I'm like, hey, uh, everything you said in that. I don't was know terrible. how you're making out because that is bad. You're doing it wrong, and, dude. Yes. You're doing it wrong, and that is so gross. It yeah. is so gross. Like, and even, like, Ray- Leah Michelle's nose yeah. is not, like, some massive no. outstanding schnoz. No. Like, it is not the the little button, like, anglo yeah. button nose or whatever, but it is by no means, like, a standout feature of no, her face. Not at, at least all. in my opinion. No. Um, Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then it. we I go into it. something Rachel, else. Rachel, don't do this. You're beautiful. Yeah. Shut up, Finn. Um, but Rachel Berry is getting a nose Fine. Job. And then we immediately go into another plot. I Like, another scene I absolutely hate. Which is... Already forgot about this plot. So, Will comes in and, like, confronts Emma, like, 
why didn't you write OCD on your shirt that you're showing to my class of students? And she says something so oh, valid, which is hurt. She says, well, I thought, and it's we're supposed to, like, disagree with her. She's like, well, I thought that was maybe just a little too personal to share with them. Which is her, like, that's, you're supposed to read this as she's, like, covering. She doesn't want to talk about it. But she's absolutely sure. right. She has no... Boundaries are there, good. There is no reason she, an adult professional, guy, like, school guidance counselor, is obligated at all to tell, share any of her personal mental health concerns with about herself with her students. She has no obligation to. Um... Right. She has no reason to share any particular medical diagnosis she might be seeking out or not. Like, it's not their business, and it's not Will's job to make her share this with anybody. I literally wrote, Will, fuck off. You're harassing her at this point. You're not being helpful. You're just being a dick. I literally said, like, Will, you're not fixing anything. Because what, is this the scene where he, like, is like, we're just gonna, you gotta start trying, like, to get a handle on this now. Eat this unwashed blueberry. Which is clearly something right. that's really upsetting to her. So he's just basically standing there tormenting her and being, I just. Even said, that in itself is like, no, wash your fucking fruit. Right, I'm like, that's washing just, fruit is that, a good habit. Yeah. Like, yes, Emma maybe takes it too far, quote unquote, but you're just being an asshole, but Will. But then calling her like an expert at deflection. You yeah. counsel so you don't have to put the hard work into yourself. Oh my God. No. I mean, even if you maybe are correct for plot purposes. Right. No. This And this is a terrible venue to do it. They're just in the teacher's lounge. Other teachers are teacher's clearly lounge. here. You can see them blurry in the background. He's just... I, yeah. I, my last note of this was just, Will, this isn't how you fix anything, you dickwad. <laughs> and I also just realized, like, if this were literally any other episode of Glee, Sue Sylvester would have come in yes. and, like... Somehow made it worse, but we don't see Jane Lynch today nope, at all. I think there was enough happening that I think not, not having Sue was the right choice. Like, she wouldn't have sure, really added anything to this episode. There's already enough villains, a.k.a. Santana and Will. Um, <laughs> there's 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 enough plot points. We don't need another one, but... Then we cut to the Glee, cl- the Glee Club. Yes. And we got Karofsky there with Figgins. He's apologizing for bullying Kurt and... Wanting to make amends. Yeah. Yeah, there is a very good um slushy recap of him slushing yep. everybody. That was funny, I thought. Um everyone kind of knows there's something up yeah. because like we like we talked about earlier, um Santana basically gets him to agree to start this bully whip yes, club which to stop bullying in its tracks. They got jackets um, and braids made very fast for this thing. We cut to some peer mediation in Figgins' office with Bert, Kurt, Karofsky, and His dad, Karofsky yeah. Sr., the dad. I forget what he says, but it was a really good response when Bert was like, and if I took all the water out of the ocean, it wouldn't be wet anymore. Right, because it's, it's, I'm trying to say Karofsky has changed. He's, he's not going to do that anymore. Bert's obviously like, bullshit. Yeah, you can say that all you want, but my kid was threatened at this school and right. I don't want to accept this apology. Also, the bullying, the bullying won't stop because your top offender stopped. Right. Also true. Yep. Kurt, uh, Karofsky's dad uses the, like, back in our day uh, argument where he says, remember right. the things we used to say about the gays? And I'm like, <laughs> you're still saying them, sir. Don't um, don't start now. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting point that I thought. Um, so, like, canonically, Bert has money. I guess, yes. I'm wondering. 
Yeah, like just because of the house they live in and and this is totally splitting hairs, but I'm wondering how much money they have versus the tuition at Dalton. They say that he says they don't have they're spending money they don't have the to money. send him there. Well, th- yes. it is known yeah. that they they had been saving up for a honeymoon and they used that money instead of going on the honeymoon to send Kurt to Dalton. So presumably they had a bit of a right. nest egg, but tuition's obviously ongoing. So perhaps it is the longer there you go. Kurt stays, the more it's going to become a financial strain on them. Sure. Okay, that you just answered a legitimate. You just had a legitimate answer to a hypothetical. Every question. once in a while, Thank there's you. a real answer. Um, <laughs> my note here is um, why is Will here? Like sometimes the Glee teacher doesn't here? need to be here. I know everyone likes him, but he doesn't. None of the bullying again, took place in Glee. He was, not, besides maybe witnessing one event, he's not been, like, the main co- point of contact here. He's just really some guy when it comes down to it. <laughs> and furthermore, why is Emma not here? Exactly. She is the guidance counselor. She's too crazy, and She can't do anything. I'm sorry. I, I forgot. Women be crazy Women today. Women be crazy. They don't have time <laughs> to do their jobs. They're too busy polishing fruit. They're too busy getting nose jobs. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Both. Those are the two things women do. Polish fruit and get nose jobs. So, Kurt is like, let me speak to him privately, because he has sussed out. He's like, yes. there's more to this story. You know, you know, I know. I haven't told anyone. I'm not planning to tell anyone, because I'm not an asshole who outs yes. people for fun. Why are you doing right. this? I Like, I don't care. I'm not going to... I'm continuing to not going to out you, but I just... Give it to me straight. Why are you doing this? He and Karofsky. Yeah, he spills the Santana plot. Kurt is basically like, "Yes, okay, don't bully me anymore, and make a show of you've changed." We'll start a P flag. uh, Basically, gay straight alliance. Yeah, it's like a national organization, like the parents. Yeah, like P flag is like a whole thing. Sure. Um, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I don't remember. He says what it stands for, and I've already forgotten again. I don't know about you, but this was, like, another one of the only moments in this episode that just fully worked. Yes. Yeah, I thought this was good. I think Kurt and Karofsky have yet to been able to have, like, a proper conversation. And while they were clearly both, like, this wasn't about them finding mutual respect. This was basically more casual it's like negotiating where kurt's like i won't share your secret but i i'm gonna come back to this school and you're going to fucking protect me and do we have a deal and they're both sort of and yeah it's just both like mutually assured destruction if you bully me again i have this big thing that i could fuck you over with and it doesn't feel great it feels slightly better than the santana thing because at least they're on i guess what you would call even ground yeah, I guess Kurt's coming back to McKinley is really what this ends up being, which... Yes. Again, this is like, they, they casually mentioned three times that, oh, Kurt really wants to be back here. Like, his dad mentions, like, you're just trying to forgive him so you can come back to the school like you want. Something that has not been discussed right. at all before. It's very much, like, plot needed. Oh, the Warblers are out of Nationals, so we need to be able to get Chris Colfer into episodes again. Like, yes. fine, we're all happy to see Kurt back at McKinley, but it is very much a plot return, not an earned return. Yeah, that's right, that's right. We cut to Puck going into the girls' room. Yep. Bad. Bad. From one hot Jew to another, bad. Yep. Um. Oh, also, don't forget, don't forget, 
Oh, don't worry. I know. I know. I knew no one was going because I checked the people I uh, drilled in here last year. Three for three offensive. Bye. Yeah. He goes on this whole thing about like, well, your nose has been passed down. It's a it's a symbol of our survival of our people. Yeah. And this, I had to pause it here because I thought to myself, okay, question: If Rachel is adopted, mm-hmm. how can we be positive that she is um, biologically? She's not adopted. I thought she was. Oh no, you're right. No, she she is a donor. Right. And I guess I guess it's assumed because the whole thing is like they don't know which dad. Um, either both her dads are Jewish. Sure. And that's one way to knows. Or how I don't know. Like, have is it understood that Adina Menzel is well? Is that Jewish was my other plot point universe? because I mean Adina Menzel, IRL Jewish. Um. Jewish yes, American Disney princess, but as she says. Shelby. Well, that was, and then that was my other point, which was, are there any Jews with the last name Corcoran, a very Irish last yeah. name? Turns out there may be. I yeah. legitimately did a little bit of research, so wow. kind of maybe yes. More than we. There was there was okay. a lot of like, the synagogue welcomes so and so Corcoran to talk about like being a powerful woman in business, and I'm like. Okay, I guess uh, they're... I guess we have to assume that because Rachel was only raised by her dads without knowing her mom, we're assuming that at least one, if not both, of her dads are Jewish. Because she was raised that way without knowing what her birth... Like, it's not like... It doesn't seem like they were like, we know your birth mother was Jewish and we want to honor this. It seems more like... So it very well could be that both her dads are Jewish because it was also made it sound like in that Christmas episode that they don't celebrate Christmas at all. So I guess she just has two Jewish dads and also maybe perhaps the Jewish birth I mean, mother. I guess that, I mean, like, that would kind of have to be the answer because if she is truly, yeah. like, if she has the quote-unquote look, which I hate, of a Jewish person, because that's not yep. a thing, um, nope. that would assume that Shelby is Jewish, even though we have no canonical, like, evidence right. of this. Um, again, splitting hairs. There is no... That's what we yeah, do. Yeah, there's no one Jewish look, of course. Like, and nope. And I, I think you, I guess you are right that like the dads are practicing Jews, um, because otherwise, mm-hmm. then it's a whole conversation of like, well, Judaism is kind of a closed practice. Like, how does that factor in? Right. I again, you it had seems legitimate like at least their culture. You had legitimate answers to like hypothetical questions. Yet again, this is why we're friends. Anyway, we've thought about it more than Glee exactly. ever has. Certainly. <laughs> Anyway, it's noon o'clock. Kurt Hummel is back, baby. Yep, he runs down the stairs at his beautiful, sunny, doesn't-look-like-Ohio food court. That has a piano in it for some reason, because... And a drum because set! Because behind him are the Warblers. Yes, and they are here to give Kurt a, a send-off number. Which is Somewhere Only We Know by Keen. Which... Yes. What do you think of this number? I, I don't know. I mean, Darren Chris sounds great singing it. I didn't mm-hmm. think it fit in this context. I'm also a really big fan of this really, like, slow... Um, it's almost an orchestral version with Lily Allen that kind of has, like... Okay. Oh, I've yeah, heard that Yeah, it kind one. of has, yeah. like, a Christmassy mm-hmm. feel to it. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that rendition. Yeah. I love the song. But I don't know. Like, this kind of also felt like a song that they were like, well, we got Darren Chris for the day. Let's give him a song. Right. We need to give... Like, we're clearly... These acapella kids have worked hard. We're not going to see them any, again for... A while, so give him one last go right. ahead. We have ninety minutes. To exactly. Kill. Um, that being said, I fucking love this number. Okay, I believe that you do. I this believe is, it. 
this is one of my personal top tier Glee performances. It actually makes me cry every okay. time I watch well, it. So, okay, like <laughs> I get fully emotional watching this. Watching this performance, it did go hard, and it's one of my favorite versions of this song. I, I'm I'm so happy for you. Like it, this. I just love it. Darren Chris sounds amazing. He's putting so much emotion. I just love the song anyway. Yeah, but it's yeah, and I think this might have been the first time I heard it too. Like I might have heard this the cover first mm. before i heard it so it's got it's I, it imprinted on me i just no, love that's it. fair and like it's a great rendition of a song that is so clearly just like pigeonholed in yep it doesn't need to be here i'm glad it right. is but you're absolutely right um, also the fact that the drum and the piano and the amps were all outside why? does that mean the warblers like contacted the band and was like be outside at noon today and also learn this and they're song. all and they were like "Ooh, we're ghosts we know everything you got it dude yes. <laughs> i will say blaine is doing so much with his he's face doing in this so much number, with though. his face this song fucking he's goes doing hard. so much this song is on 10 he's doing leah michelle levels of yep. face also some of the warblers are just hard 30 plus here there are, there are mm-hmm. several there are a mm-hmm. handful that do not look high school and it shows Yep. Again, splitting hairs. But we cut to another full production number, this time in the auditorium. You want to talk fucking filler numbers. Yo. This song, Ian, this song took up, it, it starts off at like, because you can, you know, obviously, you know how watching TV works on things. You can see where the commercials yes. were. <laughs> like, this song took up the entirety of between one commercial break and another which means if you were watching this live this came back it cuts immediately into this song you watch the whole song which takes approximately 200 years and then it's immediately into commercial you get no plot and you've been like fuck i should have been going to the bathroom during that part i could have made i could have fully made dinner with if knowing i had two commercial breaks and this long ass andrew lloyd weber yeah yeah. I mean, like, I like Andrew Lloyd Webber, but, like, for, for him. this song, yeah. this truly, as you would say, Karina, this just, this was for the girls and the gays. Yeah, and, and I, you know what? It wasn't really a, it was rough. I mean, here's the thing. It was rough. Chris Colfer sounds great. This is a good song great. for his voice. Um, yes. It's been a while since Kurt had a, well, I guess he had his Blackbird moment a couple episodes right. ago so yeah and i feel like it's been a minute since we had like a, a show tune as well aside from like the i feel pretty of it all right earlier, we haven't but... had a full full, a full like standalone moment. show tune and it's obviously like kurt's triumphant return he's he's back back and ready to party and it does kind of have that dramatic like almost musical theater it's a very function kurt song yeah yes but not even brad is there no it's just him and also it starts so literally where he's like, literally. he sings a line about cardboard trees and suddenly sea, he's in yeah. a set. What is this set for? What could this set possibly be for? Are they doing the all-white production of Once on the Island that everybody was doing then? Oh, no. Because, yeah, it's just two trees and a moving ocean set and everyone's working hard on it. We I'm like, what's your see production? Some stage what are you cans? doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, and I know this is a very musician-y detail, but there are not nearly enough musicians in the Glee Club room. There is, there's that same, like, diversity higher violin section, and that's it. But, like, you hear yeah. like you hear woodwinds, you hear drums, you hear a full fucking orchestra, and all we get are four violinists. It was very beautiful, but this... 
number reads, we had a lot of time to kill yes. this episode. Yep. And it's here it is. And it shows. Like, um, it, it's fine. It sounds nice. I wouldn't listen to it again. Same. I am interested to I hear, like, how there. a Patty or a Glenn Close would do it. Maybe I'll look that up if I ever yes. remember to. Um, but <sighs> cut to, hey, Lucy, what did you call me? Mm. And so... Um, more great camera work, by the way, because that's mm-hmm. when you get you get a rack focus from Lauren to Quinn, back to Lauren, back to Quinn, as yes. they're having this dramatic hallway conversation. They speak privately in what I assume is Will's classroom, because it looked like there were vaguely Spanish decorations on it. Um, sure. Sure. Um, Lauren fully dug up dirt on Quinn's past, went full, like, private eye detective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to just contact a school and ask for a student's records, but... Right, that feels against privacy standards. Yeah. Um, and what basically comes out is that Quinn transferred to McKinley because, like, when her dad got transferred and got a promotion. Right. But before McKinley, she was overweight, had no friends, was bullied, then <laughs> joined ballet cheer gymnastics was losing weight and finally asked right. her dad for a nose job and asked right. to go by quinn her middle name as opposed to, to lucy reinvent herself to yeah. reinvent herself um because they were calling her lucy kabusi lucy kabusi was her mean nickname yes um don't and i know this isn't like this is kind of like taking two separate things and like forcing them together but don't love mm-hmm. that like the actual jewish woman here is the character that got the nose job yep, that's yeah that's probably a whole other thing that i'm thinking that's too a much whole about thing. but there's like a, a sort of like thesis moment of what these two characters are trying to have in their plot which was too condensed yeah. where she, like quinn describes all the things she did to change her appearance and change what she looked like right and lauren goes so you hate yourself and quinn says no i did those things because i love myself and i ne- i didn't want to feel that way anymore right Sure. And that's like this sort of this they're going to come to a head with this plot being like which the way you you find confidence is is individual to your own and there's maybe not a right way like you can be confident either way it's just it's dependent on a person but I just right. I don't think it landed very well in I mean, this part of it. Yeah, I mean like you do get that subtextual payoff from the I feel pretty mm-hmm. unpretty mashup. Um, right. Again, if this were a whole episode about Lauren versus Quinn and the kind of this like climax a, think, of this was, um, yeah. we're not so different, you and me. Yes. I just went about this a different way, and Lauren can be like, "Hey, I'm sorry. Like, I kind of fucked up things right. up out there." They kind of do that, but it's so quick and condensed because there's so much else plot wise happening in this episode that also was full of filler. That this this is one of those plots that needed more nuance and it didn't get it right and like I don't know your opinion, but I feel like mm-hmm. and so like the whole like thing the whole ending of this is as a smear campaign Lauren printed out yeah. that photo of old yes. Lucy and put that and on posters. I don't think that photo looks anything like her now. I think if I were to no. see that poster, I would be like, "Is this I'd- a new student?" And it says Lucy on it. It says her old name. No so one knows you wouldn't Lucy. even necessarily clock. I mean, they do now because she runs slow-mo down the hall with, like, Kill Bill alarms in the yeah. background and rips it off dramatically. Which, like, Glee was doing a lot with filmography this episode. They were, they were like, going they, for it. They truly 
I don't know. There's some sort of joke in there about like you can either have good plots, great camera work, good camera work, or great songs. And Ryan Murphy said yes. Yeah. Um. But cut to Puck and Rachel at the mall. Um. Yeah. She's like, oh, is there a sale at Claire's? Um. Sure. Okay. Very. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and instead, Puck is just there to hand her off to Kurt. And Kurt's being like, if you won't listen to me, maybe you'll listen to Barbara Streisand. Is she here? Um, and uh, no, this is all together, best, ma'am. This, this is, is Ohio. Ohio. Literally the best, the best line in the episode. Is she here? No, no this, this is, is a mall in Ohio. Ohio. Hilarious. Please buy our ma'am. This is Ohio shirts that we will eventually make. Um, one day. And so this is just a weak justification of Kurt being like celebrate who you are and it's all a weak justification to do a flash mob to barbara streisand by duck sauce which it's like the (sighs) we used to listen to this song in college like all the time because we ran with theater kids and this is the exact sort of like campy shit that theater kids eat up um it's just this is this just has such of the energy of people the glee writers finding out like guys did you hear there's a song called Barbara Streisand? We have to use this. Have well, the Glee kids can't sing it. It's only two words. Right. And and I'm surprised they didn't find a way to make them sing it. No, they instead went with the second best option. Uh, another fucking mall flash mob. A duck sauce These flash mob. mall goers. Here's the thing about this. Okay, one. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that an entire mall would buy into this. Um, no. That's, and, like, that. that's 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 one. Two, this is just messy. Why is there so much, like, chicken walking? Like... Yes! Like, what... The, the it's choreography, not even a good flash mob. Yeah, like, they could have really just pulled that glee magic of, like, all of a sudden we all know, like, song choreography arrangements, everything. But they choose Instead. to go with truly, like, yeah, just... Just like dance, just try just something. Oh, like fuck that's around fun. Everyone, for a everyone while. follow, everyone follow Noah or whatever. Yeah, um, especially because like I think the safety dance flash mob literally taking place on the same set had better like choreography coordination. Looked, that one was tight. Looked better. Yeah. My my biggest note on all this is I would sell all of my stock and give up all of my savings and apartment for them to remake this. Of but the flash mob is "You're Beautiful" by James Blunt. Oh my god. Someone take this flash mob, take away the sound that is Duck Sauce's Barbra Streisand, and just cold just cut in your beautiful paste. legends one. I will give you money, Tab- I swear. Not all of that money, because, again, the my, my it, specific but... terms are, if Glee gets the band back together and redoes this, I will give you money yeah. to just paste James Blunt's You're Beautiful over this scene. Oh my god, I would love to see that. Um... My final nose is Rachel seems to be doing a lot considering she's walking around with a broken nose still. With a broken like, nose. Holy shit. Which looks fully healed by this point, by the way. Right. Like It that, doesn't, a broken nose doesn't heal that fast. Right. And like, it was like kind of sort of healed um, when Puck was in the bathroom with her. Yeah, but which is should a it have phrase. been or were they just tired of putting the broken nose makeup on Rachel and they were just like, it's fine. No one cares. <laughs> that. We'll just say it's broken. Yeah, um, anyway. This was, you want to talk fucking filler, man. Yo. 
a Barbara Yo. Streisand by Duck Sauce Mall Flash Mob is just like, we, you might as well just have put an image on the screen that said we ran out of ideas <laughs> and let it stay up there Legit. for three minutes. Like, that is absolutely The it. whole Flash Mob's happening and there's text flashing on the screen that says, like, we know, we're sorry. Right, it's like... It's like, well, you try filling 90 minutes, and it's like... 90 minutes was longer than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> we only needed an extra 10 minutes, but now we have 30 we have to fill, so here's, so here's another duck song. duck sauce, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Um, and you know what's fucking wild? What? We go straight from this mall flash mob to Emma's first therapy session. Which because is like growth or whatever. Yeah. I guess Will tormenting her with blueberries worked. Um... She spends 48 of her 50 minutes disinfecting the chair. Yes. And then her therapist is like, no, nah, you just got bad OCD. I'm diagnosing you right now. Yeah. I think credit where credit's due, they do a pretty good job of talking about this because they do talk they about do. the stigma. They talk about how like OCD, yeah. bipolar, those things are kind of hard to pinpoint. Hard to so... diagnose. And so people feel bad for being diagnosed right. with them. And like they're but just kind of so colloquially... colloquially brushed off yeah um and they even mentions by name they say there's a stigma about mental health and diagnosis yes and and they say that point blank which i think they they did this pretty okay i agree i think this was i mean i just said it last time too but i think this was the best yeah. they've gone about addressing mental yes. health and ocd um yeah also a valid point that emma doesn't want to start popping pills like i get that for other reasons than what she said yeah. but she doesn't want to yes be someone others want uh, she doesn't want to be someone others want her to be right okay and i and a, I've a heard, valid reason and i've heard like there's like even like a tiktok so like sound about it that you hear where you're like i don't want to start taking antidepressants i don't want to lose my sparkle and then they're like turns and then they it, the sound joke of it is like turns out my sparkle was actually just depression and so sure and that's kind of what the doctor says she's like this is if this is medication for an illness, you are not. You are you not, are your, not illness. your illness. Yeah, your yeah. OCD is keeping you from who you're supposed to be. Right. Sure. You know? And cool. I accept. That. I thought this was good, and my my favorite part about it was that first of all, Will wasn't in the therapy session because I there was Thank a moment God. where I was like, and we don't have a scene where she like opens the door and Will's there being like, "I'm proud Hi. of you, head pass." Oh my God! And I'm, I'm like, just imagining... we didn't see. We didn't see him at all. I'm imagining Thank the God. cut five seconds of her like leaving, like opening the therapist's door to go leave, and Will is just in the doorway going, "Great job." Yeah, no, you did it. See what I did? Yeah, I take, I can take credit for this. And he wasn't there. Thank God. We see our trio of plus size women again wearing a different <laughs> matching outfit this time. Our weird sisters, if you will. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. No. So strange. What a bit. A bit that was never explained, and I don't appreciate that. Right. Um, um, and they like they like seeing that Quinn used to be, quote-unquote, one of them, and now right. has, quote-unquote, gotten out, which I'm like, ooh. Uh, don't like that. Yeah, it's a bit but tricky. it leads to Lauren and Quinn having a heart-to-heart, -heart right. where Lauren's like, I shouldn't have done that. And yeah. the moral of the story is you can love yourself even if you have a nose job or if you didn't. There's no wrong way to be confident, I guess. <laughs> My final note on this is now they're friends again. Isn't high school a blast? Uh, that's all we need to say on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma actually takes one of the pills prescribed to her. Yes. Big she day. Good for, for Emma. A long time. Good now for what? Um, 
Now we cut to Brittany and uh, Santiti in the <laughs> uh, in the in the hallway. Brittany reveals the letterpress shirt she has made, which says "I was stupid" uh, with an arrow yes. pointing up to her head. Stupid spelled with two um, O's. Very yep. Classic chef's kiss. Santana reveals hers. It just says "bitch" because she's a bitch. Okay. And. Brittany says, oh, I thought you would wear this one, and presents a shirt that she made for her, which just says, Lebanese. Lebanese. Yes. Funny side gag. Supposed to be lesbian. Sure. Um, You want to know something interesting that I learned? I haven't fact-checked, but... So you know the movie Mean Girls. We all know the movie Mean Girls. Yeah. Um, And how the character of Janice is, like, lost, like, is coded, basically, to be to be a lesbian like that's why regina george is always being mean to her and stop being friends and everyone thinks that she's a lesbian and that's like the whole joke right right and at the end of the movie she actually ends up with the mathlete guy yes and is like oh i'm i'm lebanese and then i realized this watching like a video essay that someone's like and the joke is she said she was lebanese and everyone thought everyone thought lesbian okay so people have just been incorrectly calling her a lesbian because she's really lebanese and that's supposed to be like a joke that's supposed her saying at the end that she's lebanese is supposed to be like the punchline of like her story arc there okay tina tina you did not make that clear babe no no i was like oh i guess this movie came out 20 years ago i'm i'm finding out about this now i'm not sure if that's like was her intention but if it was, it didn't read well. Except you right. know, it reads better in that old vine. Where, sure. You know, you know the vine that's like, hey, I'm a lesbian. I thought you were American. Like, <laughs> sure. I believe you. I guess lesbian and Lebanese sound too similar and people are continually going to confuse them. Aw, shucks. Um, Santana's like, I'm not going to do this. Um and Britney's essentially like, clearly you don't love me as much as I love you, or you'd put on the shirt and dance with me. This this is weird, because it's supposed to be, like, it's important to be true to yourself. But also, like, we are talking about a high school in Ohio where necessarily Santana not wanting to be out is perfectly valid. Like, right. she doesn't owe it to Britney to to be an out and proud lesbian. She's clearly struggling with this. So it's it's fine for her to be like... It's weird of Brittany to guilt her being like, if you loved me, you'd, you'd wear this shirt that proclaims who you are proudly. Right. I, I get where it's supposed to be coming from, but it's not landing with me anymore in this day and age. Especially because she is still with Artie, and it's yeah. not like she's trying. And like, yes, there is a love there. Like, I, I, I right. think there's something to be said for like loving another person while you're in a relationship in like not a dubious mm-hmm. way. Um, right. But. While you're still with Artie, whom you do love and have legitimate like right. feelings for, this this doesn't really hold the lot. weight you think it yeah. does. You're doing a no, lot. No, exactly. Um, we can move on to our titular number, our basically. Our titular number. Um, the Glee kids are all here. They are all wearing their various shirts that say the things they are insecure about. Yeah. How many of them did you like? Some of them are hard to see. They don't they don't reveal all of them. Um, so if you I need a rundown. I did do um, a, a shirt haul to m- the best of my abilities. Um, Some of them. So there's been there's since this episode came out, there has been confusion because the thing that's supposed to be on your shirt, right, is the thing you kind of 
quote unquote hate most about yourself, right? Right. So the first one that's revealed is Kurt comes out and his shirt says likes Likes boys, boys. which is something that Kurt has been pretty like confident about. I don't know. I guess it's weird to make that his thing that his his big self-loathing, especially when he's like dating a guy has always been very out and like not wanting to hide his sexuality he's he's been doing a lot to be himself and this is part of him i don't know it's different that like it's one thing that we had a couple like confusion plot lines of like well like how how do i know if i'm fully gay if i've never kissed a girl or whatever but it's so much different than it being like the thing you hate about yourself the most if that's what we wanted i feel like that would have come up so much earlier it would have been so much more of a significant plot line of of kurt having to deal with this thing about him that he just struggles with but we never got that so the pay so like there's no real payoff in that shirt i guess it's if you wanted to read this shirt as something that you You want to celebrate about yourself but yeah that you've maybe been bullied for and you're right you want to celebrate but like it does feel weird that the whole thing was like this should be your biggest insecurity while kurt has been played as a character who while outside forces maybe try to make him feel bad about being gay that he's not going to stop that about it. i don't know right. it, it, it was it was strange and some of the other ones were legitimate like from what i could get like so we have kurt has likes boys tina's yep. i think is brown eyes like that i get brown the insecurity eyes. in that because like i think and we had just talked about it earlier in the episode like yeah. she had mentioned it so and <laughs> then we get with mercedes it says no weave yeah which interestingly hers is the only one with makes... an exclamation point yeah and, like, that actually makes sense because hair is a whole thing yeah, in the black community. Yeah, I wish like, it had been something could... we had ever talked about. Like, we've never that, once heard Mercedes it. mention her hair at all. It's right. not been a plot. So it's just, like, it's Not one hair conversation. It might be true, but it does feel like, like three white men being like, what's, a, what's something a black woman might feel insecure about? They have right. weave is a thing, right? She mentioned that in her "Hell to the No" Genius. song that we wrote. Oh yeah, literally the only other mention yes. of a weave. Um, uh, Mike's can't sing, right? Of course, Finn's Sam's is trouty yeah, mouth. Finn can't dance. Um, we knew that one. Finn can't dance. Um, Quinn's is Lucy Kabusi. Yep. Um, Tina's is brown eyes. Yep. Who? Someone's was bad attitude, but I Lauren forget. is bad attitude. Lawrence is bad attitude. Yep. Um, uh, Artie's is four eyes, which is another thing that yes. he's never shown any sign about being upset that he wears glasses. But I guess that's a pretty... Right. It's a pretty low-hanging, like, yeah, people with glasses are sometimes insecure about them. Sure. Um. Okay. My favorite one is... Uh, so Brittany had her I was stupid pointing up at her. Um... Puck has one that says, I was stupid, but it points right down to the dick. Right at his ding. And that's a dumb, dumb little dick is what he's got. Yep. Very funny. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and um, fucking let's, Will comes out all proud of like, here's my shirt to show off. And Will has made a shirt for himself chin. that says, butt chin. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> the, <laughs> okay. I read one like review line that was like, really, Will? That's what you hate about yourself? <laughs> out of everything can't hold a relationship yep too invested in students lives bad boundaries <laughs> well do we make it too real right um rachel has nose on hers as well yeah 
Which, I mean, like, is only a plot point this episode, but because she spends... literally, beginning of season one, she was like, I'm gonna keep my nose, because Barbara Streisand. Right. Fine, whatever. But I There's... guess this episode, she went through a whole journey, and this is what her shirt says. Fine. And that's the episode. Yeah. We finish with Born This Way by Lady Gaga, yep. and, uh, um, Emma reveals her fine. OCD shirt to Will, and we cut to yes. Santana sitting dramatically in the audience with a shirt that says Lebanese on it. Lebanese. Watching Britney Next dance. to Karofsky. Yeah. Um... Sure. And then they, they, yeah, they do Born This Way. It's fine. Truly, like, not that I could be fine never hearing this song again, but, like, I feel like it's... we were so oversaturated with that song yeah. at that time. Yeah. I did not need to see Glee do it, especially when they've done so many songs better yeah. and, like, more creatively, and I don't know. Yeah, it was fine. It didn't blow my skirt up, but I wasn't offended by it, it's, which is not a, yeah. it's not a high review, but there was... There was two other, what I would say, were way more top-tier songs, and so Agreed. this was just like, here it is. It's a song people like. It's a, it's That's an anthem, frankly. Yeah. That's an anthem. They, yeah. they don't need to worry about that anymore. They could have really done something with that. I can recognize that that is an anthem. Um, yeah. And it's fine. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. I guess let's talk about the songs let's in this show. Let's talk about songs, because speaking of, there was... A lot of songs in this episode, although now that I'm looking at the list, it's kind of, it's not that they packed a ton of songs in, it's just they put them in at very weird times and sometimes with no reasoning for why they're happening. Like, Mm -hmm. there was two numbers that were literally dropped in without any explanation, and you're just like, oh, I guess that's happening. Um, For the record, we are not going to count Duck Sauce's Barbara Streisand because you could just listen to that song. It wasn't a Glee version. It was just they played that song in this show, and that's still hilarious to think about. So (laughs) here's the songs you could uh, choose from today. You're scrolling through the latest iTunes releases, and you have to pick one of these songs to load onto your iPod. You have the I Feel Pretty Unpretty mashup, um, I've Gotta Be Me, Somewhere Only We Know, um, as if we never said goodbye, and of course, born this way. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the "I feel pretty unpretty" mashup. Honestly, I think your answer is the correct answer, but in my heart and in my soul, I have to choose somewhere only we know. I think that is also a correct. Yeah, answer. Yeah, I mean you're right. I do, th- th- especially taken out of context, that song could have. They could have done that song anywhere. Yeah. They could have done that song for regionals. It would have been a beautiful song and... for regionals. Yeah. But um, did that stupid Hey Monday song instead. The I think here's it's almost like an opposite situation because the I Feel Pretty Unpretty mashup works so well in its context. Like where yeah. it is in the episode makes it hit even harder. Whereas Somewhere Only We Know, plucking it out of the episode, you're just like, this is a nice cover. Um, right. I will say you're right that there have been a ton of other covers in that song, and some of them are really perhaps superior, but this one holds the spot in my heart. I, I'll give that. I'll give you that. Like, the fact that mine is a Lily Allen cover, I'm like, it's really, yeah. and I love Lily yeah. Allen, but I'm like, never said I was perfect. No, none of us are. <sighs> um, but that was yeah, that episode. So... We, are, we are in striking distance to the end of, um, the end of season two. That's wild. I really wish, like, yeah, all of the Kurt stuff I wish they had not done in this episode. They put it in. and I truly think Kurt, it, it feels like such a short time that Kurt was away yeah. and is now back. I truly think 
Kurt coming back either could have happened in season three or it could have just been the season two finale. Yeah. I know the season two finale probably has to be nationals. Fine. Right. Fine, 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 but... fine, 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 But. Yeah. Anyway, wh- where can people find you on social media, Karina? Oh, boy. If you're looking to find me and discuss uh, hour and a half long episodes of Glee, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and technically TikTok. All under the same handle, at Epic Adventure of. And I am at iBroski on Twitter and Instagram, ianjbrodsky.com, and iBrods on TikTok. Um, the show is at Glee Aggressive, uh, gleeaggressive at gmail.com, hashtag gleeaggressive yeah, if you want to. Yeah, we do do that. Make sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe, yeah. um, tell your friends. Um, you can. E- and uh, what should people write in about this, this week, This one's low-hanging fruit, but you can email us and tell us what your insecurity shirt would say. Okay, I was gonna say, what's your favorite James Blunt song? There is no, that's a devil's choice of a question. Look. I can name one James Blunt song, and it's actually you singing You're Beautiful as James Blunt. Thank you, first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, highly recommend checking out his song Cold from his latest album. It is a bop, it is very good. Is he one of the big hat boys? Is he one of those musicians of that era that wore a big hat? Like wide I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he was just kind of always, like, Blunt. British. Oh, he does not like, look what I thought he would look like. He's also, like, my height. Oh, we stan. Yeah, you're right. There's no pictures of him. Oh, here's a picture of him with Harry Styles. That's fun. That's nice. Um, yeah, there's no picture. Okay, what if I search James Blunt hat? <laughs> okay, so no, he was not one of the big hat boys. I'm keeping that in. That's fine. Are you talking about, like, Jason Mraz? Jason Mraz. Um, there's definitely, like... Another, like, soft songwriter who would wear... Maybe it was John Mayer who was wearing another, like... It might have been... Was it Jack Johnson? Could have been. They all blend together, and maybe they all short, um, shared the same hat. They just passed yeah. around the sisterhood of the traveling hat. Brother. Yeah. Exactly. Whoever whoever was wearing the hat, their single's gonna be number one this week. And yes, Daniel Powder yeah. only got it once. He only got the one time. Yeah, sorry. He had one bad day. He had one bad day, and it was because he was wearing the hat. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Good for James Blunt. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much, folks, for joining us to to talk about Season 2, Episode 18. Uh, You can join us next week when we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 19, which is called Rumors. Ian... Karina. Does this episode title fill you with dread? A little bit. It should. Um, oh, God. So, that being said, does this episode of Glee make you want to watch the next episode of Glee? It does not. That's fair. Just because, you know, it's it's time. We're just there. <laughs>